0: Welcome to How Do You Write. I'm your host, Rachel Herron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 159 of How Do You Write. I'm Rachel Herron. Totally thrilled that you're here today talking to fellow New Zealander, I like to brag. Uh, Steph Green, she's a real New Zealander. I'm a New Zealander by maternal, matrilineal heritage. Um, she is absolutely phenomenal. You may recognize her name uh, from being covered in the media. She's one of those people that the media writes about and they say writing is not dead. Being a writer, you can make money. Look at this woman and what she's doing. Um, she is also fantastically lovely and so joyful about writing that she truly left me with a yearning to get to the page as soon as possible. So I know that you will enjoy her. And what's going on around here? Um, I'm just writing. I'm struggling a little bit to write. I am, there were two days this week where I just did not get as many words done as I wanted for different reasons, migraine slash Excuse, 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 insert excuse here. So I'm fighting a little bit of that, not a lot of it. uh, But this time of year is just so frantically packed with things that have to happen. Uh, Plus my car broke down. Plus the dog is really, really sick. And we've spent almost $2,000 at the vet this week. So that's been taking up some time. But again, like I said, that is Merely an excuse, and we all have excuses. So I like to say that here and proclaim to you my intention to get back to the page, um, better and baker and with a intent heart. Um, there's also the problem that I know that I'm not in the right place in my book. I'm going too slow, and I need to pick up the pacing, not necessarily the pace, but the pacing. And if it helps at all to know, the way I deal with that is I stop doing what I'm doing. In whatever scenes I'm doing it, um, our guts are often right. And if they say you're not doing X right, um, sometimes that's just you panicking. But sometimes your gut is really telling you, oh, no, you've got you've to gotta move on here. You're spending too much time in this particular scene or in this cluster of scenes. So what I do in that case is I skip ahead just a little bit. I'm a very linear writer. Um, but I do allow myself to skip forward to the next place that is of high interest to me. And I know where that is. And I, I'm going to start there today. Um, with the full intention of writing scenes to connect the last scene that I wrote with this scene that I'm writing today. And with the full knowledge that oftentimes I don't have to do that later on, when I come back in revision, I'll go, I'll be able to see the way to connect That last spot to this spot. (laughs) Oftentimes it means deleting the last thing that I was writing, getting rid of that scene. It wasn't useful to me. And for that reason, it was a good idea not to go on writing it, not to go on swimming in that nebulous sea of non motion and get back into the action. Um, my biggest challenge when it comes to writing is inserting plot because I can write characters and emotions all day long and Plot takes a back seat, and when when you're writing a thriller, the plot really needs to be there. So today I'm kicking the plot in the caboose, Um, but my goddaughter is also coming into town for uh, the holidays, and so I'm going to go pick her up from the airport soon. So there's all sorts of um, commotion, and I really want to be very dedicated to how I look at my work and how I get it done. Uh, quick thanks to new patrons, Candace Floyd. Thank you very much, Candace. And thank you to the amazingly named Dahlia von Dahlenberg. Do- I bet it's Dahlia von Dahlenberg. Um, she edited her, edited her pledge up to the point at which she gets to ask the questions for those mini episodes that I've been recording, that I've been loving recording. Um, in another business note, very soon I will be announcing Uh, not only 90 days to done, which is the online class that I teach in which you go through writing a book from beginning to end, either a novel or a memoir. Um, But I think I'm also going to offer 90 day revision at the same time, because there are often groups of people that want totally different things. They want to do their revision of a novel or memoir in 90 days or they want to write and then that makes them wait. This is going to be an experiment in managing my time. This will be the first and possibly only time that I offer both of the classes at the same time. Um, the potential I see here happening is kind of doubling my work um, and getting the same amount of students in it so that it might be a good time for you to try it uh, because it might be smaller class. Um, although boy, these classes turn out to be wonderful. They're not, uh, usually over 12 people. So if you're interested in that, just make sure you're signed up for my email newsletter list. I will announce it there and in my Slack channels first. Um, the reason why I'm not announcing it right now is I don't quite know exactly when I'm going to be offering it. Um, January is completely off the table, um, as I'm traveling for most of January. So I think I'm going to start the first week of February and it's, uh, three-month course and people write their books in the 90 days to done class and they revise their books in 90-day revision. They do the first major revision. Uh, one revision, of course, is not enough to make your book into the best shape to send out to an agent or to hire an editor if you're self-publishing. Um, but it the the big first revision is the hardest mountain to tackle. Everything else after that is much, much easier. So we do that together. So if you're interested in that, um, just make sure you're on my mailing list, rachelherron.com slash write, um, or in my Slack channel, which I will provide a link in the show notes at, um, how do you So you can always go check that out and join. So you will be notified. That is all the business I have. Let's get into Steph Green's interview i'm just so pleased to share it with you you're gonna have so much fun listening to this and i know you're going to come away inspired and ready to take action in your own writing so happy writing to you my friends and we'll talk soon hey writers i've opened up some coaching slots i'm not taking clients on a weekly basis right now as i'm working on my own books but i am doing one-offs i call them tune-ups tell me your plot problems and ask your character queries Let me know what stumbling blocks you're up against. Get tips and tricks to get you back on the right track. Ask me questions about all things publishing. Together, we'll brainstorm your specific plan of action, making sure you're in the driver's seat of your book again. You'll receive a 30-minute call over Skype or FaceTime, giving you the honest encouragement you need to keep getting better or a polite ass-kicking, if that's what you need and ask for. Plus, you'll get an MP3 audio recording or MP4 video, your choice of our chat, so you can re-listen at your leisure. And if you want a little more help, I can also critique either 10 pages or your book's outline and talk you through my findings. Just check out rachelherron.com coach for more info. I'd love to work with you. Now, on to the interview. Well, I could not be more pleased to welcome to the show today, Steph Green. Kiora! Kiora! How are you?
1: I am
0: very good. How are you, Rachel? I'm excellent this afternoon to talk to a fellow New Zealander. Uh, I Let me give you a little bit of an intro here. Steph Green is a USA Today bestselling author of the paranormal, gothic, dark, and fantastical. Steph received the 2017 Attitude Award for Artistic Achievement and was a finalist for a 2018 Women of Influence Award. Her books are enjoyed by thousands of readers all over the world. When she's not writing, you can find her hanging out with her husband and cat horde, or tearing up the mosh pit at a heavy metal show. Steph is the author of How to Rock Self-Publishing and the founder of Rage Against the Manuscript, community for writers looking to level up their career. Oh my goodness, I have not been in a mosh pit for maybe 20 years. <laughs> and I believe I fell that time. So. <laughs> That's excellent. I love that that's that might be how you get some of your emotion out. Um, yeah, so fabulous. I would love to talk to you about your writing process and how you get all this done. Can you tell me a little bit about
1: when and where and how much and all of that? I certainly can. Um, so I guess um, I think, um so when I started um writing and publishing I was one of those people who you know I worked on my first book for kind of like 5 years tinkering with it and changing little things and you know figuring out how to actually do the thing um and I sort of got a bit you know I finished that book and I'm like yes I finished something that's amazing and then I immediately started the next book and and because I was I think I was running on the high of finishing that first book. So the next book I finished in like eight months or something. <laughs> um, and, you know, and then by the third book I'd sort of down to six months. And um, when I first started writing, I was writing kind of this quite – dark um science fiction kind of sort of steampunk but on the science fiction side of steampunk rather Mm, than the 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 fantasy side and so i was doing all this kind of in-depth historical research and i decided oh you know i've got to write about steam trains i have to learn how a steam train works so we went and husband and i went and volunteered at a like a steam locomotive um depot and you know, they let me drive the, the train and it was awesome. That's very um, cool. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really cool. Um, and yeah, and so I did all that kind of stuff. And then, um, what's, what sort of happened was I self published those books, um, because I had a, uh, um, I, I had a publishing deal, um, which fell through and I was absolutely gutted. Um, and so I had to, um, find a way to, um, Get over that, and it was sort of around the time when lots of the big uh, kind of self names and self publishing were. Talking about how awesome they were doing, and I was like, that sounds great. I would like a piece of that pie, please. <laughs> um, yeah, and so, um, so I self published this, this, um, sort of, uh, steampunk series, and it didn't do very well, but I was like completely addicted to, to this idea of holding my book in my hands and actually getting kind of feedback from actual readers instead of just kind of constantly beating my head against the wall with editors and agents, um, and, and just being able to take To take an idea and make it happen and then bring it to the market. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just, it's just awesome. Um, and, uh, around that time I was starting to think, oh, you know, I wonder if maybe I would be interested in writing romance. Um, and I didn't want to put it under my super serious science fiction name. So I invented a pen name, um, which I kept completely secret from everyone, including my husband. Oh my goodness. And some, um, and I published my. I, I wrote this, um, this cute little sexy uh, fox shapeshifter story. It was about a, uh, and a, fox was an artist, and he fell in love with this gallery curator, and there was a big shift of war, and it was like a thirty-two thousand word novella. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wrote, I wrote it in about three weeks. Um, and it just poured out of me. It was just you mm-hmm. know, it was four thousand words a day. I just you know, I. I it was just having so much fun um and I thought well you know I'll put it up and you know it'll sell two copies and I'll um, you know I'll laugh about it later and I put it up and it sold a thousand copies in a week oh my goodness and it was amazing and I I sort of had to kind of sheepishly tell my husband that I'd sold <laughs> these, these books but it wasn't like my super serious um see it was this um, this fox shaped 50 book and he sort of when he stopped laughing he said, <laughs> Going to write some more, and I was like, "Yes, I am going to write some more." And that was April May two thousand and fifteen, and it's now two thousand and nineteen, nearly two thousand and twenty, and I have thirty five books, and yeah, most of them are um, paranormal romance. um, And I quit my day job in February two thousand and eighteen, so two years full time, um, and as the most fun i could ever imagine having um and i never want to quit and i never want to go back um so yeah so isn't it the best i quit um
0: my day job almost i guess three and a half years ago and it is every single day i get up and i cannot believe that i get to do this this is a job
1: (laughs) i know (laughs) i just
0: get to make stuff up and it's the best and you know and 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 with what the other stuff that you do, we get to help writers too, which I think is a really big part of this process. So that's fantastic. What is your biggest challenge when it comes to writing?
1: Um, so, um, so I have, I guess some interesting challenges. Um, so I'm actually uh, legally blind, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. which is why my eyes kind of do this this wonky thing that they do and i sort of look off to the side um a bit so um so i'm actually yes yeah, so i'm actually legally blind and um it's quite interesting um because the reason i sort of one of the reasons i sort of fell into writing was because i was kind of gatekeeper out of my previous career that i wanted to have which was archaeology mm. um basically because you know, people don't think you can have a blind archaeologist, and I'm fairly certain you can. But yeah. it's it's trying to convince people that um, that I was good at what I did, even yeah. though I knew I was good at what I did. So I, I got, kind of got gatekeepered out of that, and um, a lot of the reason I pursued writing, which was always a thing I loved, was because it was I, I felt as though it was a an industry where people couldn't tell me that I. Couldn't do it-, mm-hmm. and I found that has been has been the case um you know I'm obviously doing it, so it's obviously fine um but there there are some challenges with um having an eye condition like me and you know writing books that we are trying to make things kind of appeal to universally to readers so I was having a conversation with a friend the other day who just finished reading one of my books and he said, it, you know, it's really interesting that you don't actually describe characters very much, mm. you know, the way they look. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of looking at, at it and thinking, yes, actually, that's true. I don't really do that. Um, and part of that is because, you know, when I meet people, um, and you know, because I write romance, when I, you know find people attractive or when I fall, fall in love with them it's not really what they look like mm-hmm. um, and kind of I don't articulate the way people look as kind of this you know uh, yeah as a thing that is particularly interesting um, but I do describe smells a lot and, and things like that um, and, and so it's quite interesting I have to kind of go back and I have to stop and I, go, I have to go no if he's a sexy vampire, he has to look sexy. <laughs> just spend some time talking about how sexy he is. That's
0: fascinating. I also leave that out just because I forget. I'm not that interested in it either. And... I prefer to fall in love with my characters, who they are. And, and it is one one of the wonderful things about romance is that we get to fall in love with these people all over again, all the time. We're constantly falling in love. And yet we remain with our partners, our primary partners, and we get to have all these affairs on the page. I love that. <laughs> kind of love- uh, yeah, exactly. What is your biggest joy when it comes to writing? It's,
1: it's kind of all joyful. Um, I mean, I love the actual process of, you know, taking a story that's in my head and mashing the keys and putting it on the page like that is just, is just wonderful and freeing and joyful and amazing. But I think Particularly recently, as I've been getting a bit bit more popular, um, the, the response I get from readers, mm. um, it's just been, you know, when I get fan mail and things that just, like, I just cry. It's just amazing. Um, but particularly, um, I've got one series, um, which is kind of a fan favorite. Um, and the main character is, um, is going blind through the series. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of readers who contact me and say, you know, I, because obviously it's kind of built a little bit on my experience. Um, and I have a lot of re- readers who contact me and say, you know, I've never read a character, um, who's blind before. You know, I, I'm, I'm going blind or, you know, I've been blind my whole life or I've been vision impaired. And it's just so cool to read a book about a heroine who's like me who gets her happily ever after. Uh. And she doesn't get healed halfway through the book, you know, she doesn't miraculously become sighted again. She um she gets to be an she's an awesome chick. She gets to be an awesome chick and be blind and and get not just one guy, but three guys and it's awesome.
0: You're literally changing the world. <laughs>
1: trying, trying to
0: legit, <laughs> legit. Do you have any plans for a blind archaeologist book? To stick it, um, stick it to the gatekeepers.
1: <laughs> gatekeepers. <laughs> um, I don't know actually. Um, I've done a, I've done a couple of books with um, archaeology, uh, um, kind of like archaeologists. Um, I definitely have a lot more plans for a lot more blind um, and vision impaired characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, it, it's really neat to kind of explore sort of what that's meant for me in my life and how I can take that to, to characters and. Um, how just knowing that there's a desire from from readers um yeah yeah that's lovely
0: (laughs) can you share a craft tip of any sort with us
1: i can try (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so for me uh, one of the things i've been learning a lot as i've been writing more and more books is um the importance of you have the main character and, you know, in romance, we're usually talking about, um, the, the female main character, um, but we're also, you know, we've got that dual, um, there's two, two main characters or two more main characters. Um, so you've, you've got this main character and they have, you know, they have a desire in the book that they, that they want to achieve, um, and there's all these obstacles that are standing in their way and then at the end of the book, they either achieve the thing or they don't achieve the thing and that's, that's plot enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but the really important thing, which sometimes is missed a bit in plotting, is that that character has to be a completely different. Has to be a different person at the beginning of the book and at the end of the book, um, and it's the process of striving for that goal and usually realizing halfway through or three quarters of the way through that that thing is actually not the thing that that they want it's that it's that process and it's bashing up against the other characters who all have their own goals and their own internal challenges and that's what changes the person and it's that process of changing and growing that is actually the thing that readers really love like you could almost you could almost take out the (laughs) external stuff and you'd still have an exciting book because of that internal battle um I absolutely yes. love that,
0: and it took me so long to figure that out as a writer.
1: Yeah, me too. I was always, well, <laughs> I was always like, plot, 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 all this twist, all that twist, and I've kind of had to, I've kind of peered back over the years, and I still, I'm still pretty well known for crazy twists and evil cliffhangers and things like that, but <laughs> um, yeah, it's that, it's that internal growth um, that really, really excites the readers. And, you know, they're the ones, they're the ones I'm writing for. So got got to give them what they want. I love that. I'm reading, um, have you read
0: Holly Black's, uh, the Crow Prince? The, uh, yes. oh my goodness. I'm reading that right now and watching Jude change in the first book is just riveting, riveting.
1: It's just a stunning. Writer,
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, <laughs> awesome. What, uh, what thing in your life affects your writing in a surprising way?
1: Um, Kind of talked a little bit about that with the, the eyesight yeah that's that's one thing um I do, a lot of, I do a lot of traveling um by myself and with my husband and that's a very big influence on my writing and and often it's the things that i don't you know i often go to a place because i have a, a you know, there's a thing I want to see because I think I'm gonna put that in a book and often it's not a thing at all, but it's something completely different that's gonna end up in a book. Um good good example I guess is um a couple. Um we recently went to Romania uh Ooh. for for a couple of weeks, um because I I'm writing a series um with a character um you know, vampire series because of course um which is partly set in, in Romania, with you know, with one of the main characters is Romanian, um, and so I kind of wanted to learn a bit more about the country and kind of a bit more about it beyond, you know, this this is where um, Vlad Tepes came from kind of thing. Um, and one of the one of the goals, one of the things we wanted to do more than anything was go to the specific castle in the middle of Romania because it's the one where Vlad Pela um, kind of did, did a bit of his last stand, and it's not the Super famous castle, it's kind of a ruin, it's a bit hard to get to, so not that many people go. And we were, you know, this is, I was like, this is my main research thing, I've got to get to this castle. And then we get to Romania, and we discover that you can't, they've closed the castle, you can't go to this castle. Oh no! Because, because, the reason is awesome. Because a bear, a mother bear, and her cubs have taken up residence (laughs) in the castle. That's gorgeous. It's beautiful, and so they they have got this epic <laughs> castle ruins, you know, just for themselves. Um,
0: <laughs> I tell you what, if that had happened in America, they would have shot the bear, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that yeah. they did that.
1: Yeah, in Romania, they're like, no, just no tourists at the castle, just. Um, and so, um, yeah, and so instead of the castle being in the book, this bear is going to be in the book and it's completely changed uh, you know a major plot thing yeah. that i had going on but for the for the better
0: and you never could have landed on that had you not gone it never no. would have crossed your mind did you did you yeah. know that they have a um a dracula con in transylvania have you seen that I, yeah yes. one of my one of my academic friends went recently to present a paper and it, i just think that's so very very cool <laughs> oh, that's wonderful! What is um the best book that you've read recently,
1: and why did you love uh, it? I actually I actually got it here. Oh, gorgeous cover! Yeah, it's, it's stunning. So I read from a romance writer. I read quite a lot outside of romance. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of similar reason right, why why I travel a lot because you just just never know when I, things are gonna coalesce into into <laughs> an idea. And so this book is called um Finding the Plot. Hundred Graves to Visit Before You Die. And my husband bought it for me when we visited. Um, the Highgate, Highgate Cemetery in London, which is this beautiful old Victorian cemetery. Um, and um, this was at the gift shop. And I love, I'm a bit of a goth, um, and I love cemeteries and I love stories about interesting graves. And what's so cool about this book is that it, they're all graves in England. Um, and they're really fascinating stories and it, it kind of gives you not just not just the stories about the people but also kind of about funerary culture and you, you know how cemeteries work and kind of Victorian funerary customs and it's just it, it's just super fascinating and I've got I've already got like half a page of notes of things that I'm going to you know, they're going to be in books or one day it might be in books.
0: Absolutely. What a place to leap from. And I just, I have a list of like three people that I need, need to get that book for now, including myself. Yep. <laughs> That's wonderful. Thank you. I've never heard of that. Would you now tell us a little bit about yourself, where we can find you? And I would love it if you told us about your most recent book or series.
1: So, okay. Where you can find me. So, um, I have a website for my fiction, which is um, Stephmetal s t e f f m e t a l dot com, and I'm on all of the I'm on mostly on Facebook and uh, in my my private readers group and on Instagram under Steph Metal again, um, and um, probably so. I'm, so I publish about once a month, so I have a lot oh of. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, but one series that this is the one that's kind of a reader favourite at the moment. Oh, um, and it's called um, the Nevermore Bookshop series, a Nevermore Bookshop mystery series. And so it's actually a, it's basically like, it's like Agatha, Agatha Christie crossed with black books um, with lots of sexy times in it. Nice. Um, are they set in New Zealand? Uh, no, no. So these are set in a, in a bookshop in England. Okay. Uh, And the bookshop is a little bit magical, and it makes um, fictional characters come to life. And so the main characters' love interests are Heathcliff from Wuthering Heights. Oh, my goodness. James Moriarty from uh, Sherlock Holmes. And uh, Quoth, the raven from Edgar Allan Poe. And he's actually a shapeshifter.
0: What a brilliant Um, concept.
1: And, yeah, and so every every book they solve a mystery, um, and all the book titles are, like, book murdery puns um and there's there's four books out in that series at the moment plus i've just released i don't have it in paperback but i've just released a christmas novella called how Heathcliff stole christmas which is making people really happy so.
0: <laughs> that's such a great title well i th- I think i have to backtrack for a moment and ask how do you get a book o- done a month what is what does the process look like for for you
1: but for that so so what do I do, uh, my goal is 4,000 words a day, mm-hmm. 2,000 words in the morning, 2,000 words after lunch. Um, and I, sometimes I don't need it, but usually I'll, I will set a timer, um, and I'll, I'll set time timer for 20 minutes and I'll, I can just do sort of about 500, to 700 words in 20 minutes. So theoretically I can get my 2,000 words done in about an hour and a half, but that never actually happens. <laughs> Um, and are you dictating or, so, ty- or t- typing? I, I type. Yeah. I type. And I, I learned to type when I was quite young, so I'm relatively fast. Yeah. Um, and I don't really – I'm a bit of a pantser. I, I – what well, I used to say I don't really outline, but what I've come to realize is that actually my the first draft of my book, which is a super rough kind of 20,000-word draft, um, is actually an outline. It's basically a rough, you know, Here's a chapter, this is what happens. It's a lot of dialogue, not a lot of description, absolutely no character descriptions. Um, And then I go, so I I race off that draft in about a week um, and it gets all my ideas down. And then I go back and I finesse it a bit and then it ends up being about 50,000 words and then I go back and I I make it pretty. Um, And that adds another, most of my books are between 75,000 and 100,000 words. Oh my goodness. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah, Um, and I yeah I published eleven books this year, but I did go to Europe to um, to travel for six weeks. If I hadn't done that, I probably would have hit (laughs) twelve. I'm happy when I hit two a year
0: or three a year.
1: (laughs) It's just just much, you know. I I we don't have any kids. Um, It's it's sort of just me and my husband, Um, and I just it's just so much fun. So I kind of. You know, I used to write. I used to try and write a thousand words a day, and then it was two thousand words, and then, you know, now I like, I only did 2,000 words. I'm like, what am I going to do for the rest of the day? So you know, I've, got, I've got more story to write.
0: So yeah, it's just yeah. I find that so inspiring because I find 4,000 hard to hit every day on a regular basis. And I've just gone back to 2,000 words a day. But when you say it like that, I think, yes, that is the point. That That's why I want to write 4,000 words a day when I do. Because there's so much story that I want to tell. And I want to get it done so that I can tell the next book. Yep. So... <laughs> Well, I find you an absolute delight and very inspirational. Um, Where else can readers find you? Would you want to tell us a little bit about um, Rage Against the Manuscript?
1: Yes, I do. So Rage Against the Manuscript is a new project that I am in the process of launching. And it is a, so we've got a a Facebook group called um, uh, Rage Against the Manuscript. Um, We're we're the only Facebook group called that. So um, (laughs) pretty, pretty easy to find um and it's just a group it's just a group of writers you can go on there most people are self-published or thinking about self-publishing but not not everybody um and we just we talk about writing we kind of do like sprints and goals together we talk a lot about marketing and people share you know this is what's working for me or we you know, he's advertising what's not working. Um, I put a lot of kind of case studies up about things that I've done. So, for instance, I recently had a, had a book bub and I put up a, um, bunch of posts about, you know, here's how that, that did over the days. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can kind of see in real time. So, so that's part of it. And I'm just about to launch the website, um, which is www.rageagainsthermanuscript.com. Um, and that's got a whole bunch of free articles about writing and self-publishing and kind of what I've done, and um, and it's also got um, a couple of short guides for writers. There's a free one. Um, there's one about writing romance, um, and it's got my new book, which is coming out, called How to Rock Self-Publishing, which is a full, complete, nuts and bolts. Here you've got a manuscript. Here's how to – publish it here's how to finesse it and then here's how to market it and, and grow an audience with the idea of you know eventually maybe quitting a job and being a writer full-time um and so yeah and so that book's coming out soon and if you want to get on a list to um to get a copy of it um it's kind of a bit you know it's it's like taking all the self-publishing information that's out there and kind of collecting it into one, and then kind of giving it a bit of a punk rock twist. So I
0: love this. I cannot wait to get my hands on this. It's
1: really fun. It's so if you want, if fabulous. you're interested, um, if you're interested in getting a copy when it comes out, um, just go to www. com/slash/how-to-rock and then you can sign up there, um, and then I will send you, I'll just send you an email when it's
0: live. Perfect. Oh, my goodness. I cannot wait to read that. I am always interested in leveling up my own game as well. So, oh, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. This has been fabulous. And I wish you very, very, very happy writing going forward, and I will be keeping my eye on your work. Thank you. So, thank you, Steph, so much. Have a wonderful day. Okay, bye. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write?